I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good afternoon, Pierre. It's NFL season, bud. What are we doing? Oh, boy. And it feels like we haven't done one of these in, uh, I don't know, a week and a half, I guess? Uh, it feels like a feels lot like... longer than that. But, yes. Uh, like I said, we, uh, we're we not doing this together right now. We're not uh, at the RA Center or anything. So I do have my, uh, I'm missing my weekly pep fix. But <laughs> we're going to knock something out here today. It is Friday afternoon, uh, 5.30 in the uh, p.m., and uh, Brock and I have a lot to get off our chest. Um, yeah. Some crazy crazy sports stuff going on as of, like, the last half an hour. Um, it's been pretty nuts what's been going on in the NFL. It is. Do you want to just lead off with that craziness, or...? Uh, you know what? I, want, I do want to lead off with some craziness, but uh, it's uh, not sports-related. I do want to send along my condolences to all the families in Texas and in Ohio who were uh, senselessly murdered uh, for no reason. I mean, there does there have to be a reason? Like, it's craziness, you know? Like, whether it's racism, whether it's just sheer hatred, of humans whether it's like it could be a million different reasons and it, it all doesn't matter at the end of the day innocent right. people lost their lives for no good reason at all and uh it's hard to stomach and whether you're republican or democrat or whatever i mean i think we can all agree that it, it, it's got to stop and uh i had my own uh confrontation this week on a ctv post uh, again this is really nothing to do with sports but uh I think the CTV poll question of the day was, you know, how do you feel about traveling in the States after the shootings over the weekend? And I, I had written something to the effect of, well, I know a lot of good people who live in the States won't stop me from uh, traveling uh, to the States. I have family who live in Maine and I have uh, friends who live abroad in the States and won't stop me from traveling. Uh, we you know we can't live in fear. And somebody from Ottawa, I'm not going to name his name because I don't want to make him famous, the piece of shit, basically, okay. said to me, um, Arab, go home. Really? Was his reply. So I, I took him off. I, I, You know, maybe 10 years ago, I'd have lost my mind and got into an argument with him. But you can't rationalize with crazy. So I have a, you know, I have a profile picture on my Facebook of basically my family and I. And I have to protect them first. So to go at somebody who's that mm -hmm. blatantly racist and start an argument with them puts everybody, including my friends, uh, at risk. So rather than get into it, I um, I should have taken a snapshot and sent it to CTV privately. But I, I just deleted the whole post because I didn't want that negativity floating around on the Internet. So, so that was on but, CTV's uh, Facebook page too then? I beg your pardon, sorry? So that was on CTV's Facebook page? It was on CTV's page. I don't know if it was up long enough for them to even recognize or flag the comment, but you know, once you delete your comment, I guess that everything else gets deleted, and that's fine. I, you know, 
but it exists in, in this world here of guys like and girls you know or we're, we're not immune to the sort of racist culture you know uh, thankfully in canada it's just not as not as prevalent but it does exist so yeah what can i say man uh, it's it was a shitty way to start uh, august and um condolences to all the families and you know let's let's just bring it bring it on back to something that makes us feel good and that's to talk about sports and talk about the nfl we'll start well i think we'll get get kicked off with the nfl unless you have anything more you want to add to that story brock i mean obviously my condolences go out to you know both of those communities and uh, all the people affected um all right well one of the things that i think is lacking for a lot of these people who go and do stupid things is probably and again i'm making assumptions but I'm pretty sure that these kids were not part of a sports team of any sense of the word. I had the discussion today with a buddy of mine, Anthony Brown. We're talking about ways to improve Ottawa football. And, you know, as you know, the football forward nonprofit thing that Scott and I had started to support CFI and support, um, you know, disadvantaged youth in the area um, is something that we've been working towards. And one of the biggest things that we bring up is that football, again, aside from all the other sports, all the other sports are great, but football is very diverse in terms of backgrounds, um, financial upbringings, social upbringings. Um, and you have to be able to learn to work together and put your differences aside. And I think, you know, in sports in general, these kids here have never been exposed to that. They haven't had that, um, that element in their life and it's clearly showing i'd love to know the study on it but my if i put a 100 bucks down on it i say these kids never played sports for more than you know a month i can draw back on my not only my my playing experience in high school but also as a as an educator for a little while you know for my playing experience it, once we all put on the jersey and the helmet there was no more well, Pierre's the, Pierre's a superstar basketball player, uh, you know, and uh, uh, Joe Smith is, uh, you know, in uh, special ed class who's just start learning how to speak English, you know, or learning how to how to read and write for the first time. It, it, we were all on the same playing field for three and a half months of the year. And as a coach, I realized just how important it is for disadvantaged youth to be a part of a football team, because if anything, it keeps them out of trouble for three and a half months of the year. They got to go to practice five nights a week. If they're going home to abuse uh, abusive parents, five nights of the week, they're maybe not, you know, maybe right. they're Some going home later it, yeah. and the parents are not there. I, I, I don't, you know, who knows, but we don't, all I know is that it really, uh, it, it gives kids who have a hard time in school, a sense of, uh, a sense of accomplishment, a reason to go to school, uh, and in really, really like you know strong cases, a reason to to live, like you know, a reason to live. It's well, sometimes it's a matter of it's uh, kids have a hard time making friends. You're on a team. You're you're forced into friendship almost. You have this support group. You have people you can turn to. You don't feel like you're alone. Um, again, in the extreme cases, uh, you know, you and I both have dealt with, uh, with kids who fall into that. And, uh, you know, fortunately they're, they're fewer than they are more, but, yeah. um, it's, it's extremely important. And I think, 
you know, I think we're our youth of today, like you talked about kids on video games and, and on the internet, most of the time they need to get out. And, um, you know, I think about this with my kids all the time. They need to be outside, need free play, need to be in sports, need to be moving and developing physically and mentally and socially all at the same time, learn some, you know, work ethic, learn that, you you know, nothing's going to be easy, learn, you know, to overcome things. And, you know, sports there, in my opinion, there is no better way of doing it than sports, which is why we love it so much. Uh, and I, you know, I can't even, I attribute my time in high school to the, the sport sports that I played, you know, and college, college was good too, but like it was the camaraderie that I developed with my teammates in high school. I like to this day, Brock, we, I still talk about it with Matt Putfay and with all the guys and, you know, it's, it made me, it molded me into who I was today. Like I really did, you know? So, uh, and I talk about it all the time and people are like, Pep, you're 42. And like, that was, a, that was 25 years ago. I'm like, yeah, that's the impact it had on me. What do you want me to say? I can't make it up. I can't pretend that it didn't happen. Like it was, you know, I think of high school, I get teary eyed all the time because of how much it had an effect on me. And I, I know that's not for every kid. I know some people just dread talking about their high school that they were miserable or they were and that's fine like i i get it I, I had my miserable days too you know kids can be cruel but it was such a great experience and it was all attributed to sports it was all sports related i hated math i hated i hated cl- the classroom I, I despised it but i knew that there was something to do after school i knew there was something to play at recess and i knew there was something to do at breaks and what can i say man you're absolutely right. Kids need to get involved in sports or parents need to put their kids in sports so they can learn how to be part of a team and, uh, you know, release. It's a great release too, right? Great release of anger. Oh God. Yeah. Way Tension. better than how some of these kids are handling it now because that yeah. leads to those two incidences. They're looking for anything. A very interesting comment, but all right, well, that's our show. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> Uh, we got some, listen, Brock, we got some NFL to talk about. Uh, why don't we take a quick break? I know we started 25 minutes in here and we, we haven't even talked a, a lick of sports. So why don't we take a quick break and come back and uh, talk about the NFL? Sounds good to me. But I'm on my break. And we're back after a quick water break. Uh, Brock, we got a lot of stuff to talk about in the NFL. Um, coming across my board in the last half an hour has been some um, interesting to say the least issues with Antonio Brown and his, uh, absence from Raiders camp. But before we get into that, president Trump just said that he would welcome Colin Kaepernick back in the NFL. If he was quote good enough. Now, hmm. how the f- fuck does Nathan Peterman have a job? Yet nobody would even entertain having Colin Kaepernick as their backup. Forget about all the issues with taking a knee and all the political. That stuff, I think, has taken has run its course. At the end of the day, he was a Super Bowl quarterback on a on an on a good team, but he made them a very good team. And then the 49ers started to dismantle that team, and uh, and he was left for dead. Um, I like Colin Kaepernick as a as an NFL quarterback in today's NFL. Good arm, good wheels, uh, a student of the game. Like he was a he was a good locker room guy too. Yep. Uh, how he doesn't have at least a backup job in the NFL, I think it's just a testament to how fucked up the league is. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can go on about uh, Kaepernick. 
I think the biggest surprise right now, or the biggest question mark that I have, is um, why the fuck is Trump tweeting about Colin Kaepernick when he just had two mass shootings in his country? He's got so many fucking issues right now. Why is he tweeting about Colin Kaepernick and his ability to play or not play in the NFL? Nobody cares. He was giving he was giving a press conference today from the White House, uh, and it was uh, it was a Kim it was Kim Jong Un. It was I guess there was a letter there were some letters exchanged between the two leaders, and then somebody in the media asked him uh, what he thought about Colin Kaepernick because there's been a video call out recently about Kaepernick working out and he looks really good and he's uh, he's hoping to get another shot in the NFL, and uh, you know as like again like I said as all the political crap aside, when we're looking at just the player himself. Like how that guy doesn't have a job over and I, Nathan Peterman comes to mind because he's shit. Um, you know, I, the last the last couple of games I've seen him play, I think he threw six interceptions or whatever. Why is why does a guy like that have a job and Kaepernick doesn't? When Kaepernick's willing to take like a veteran's minimum, maybe make even less than what some of these backup guys are getting. Um, you know, tell me he wouldn't look good in Seattle. Same, pretty much the same quarterback. Maybe not the maybe not the, the the rifle that Wilson has, but like you tell me, that guy wouldn't fit well if Wilson goes down with an injury. No, I think it's uh, it's a boycott. It's a boycott. I think it's just they just no team really wants the, the sideshow part. I think you know on a other side of things, I think Tebow had kind of a lot of uh, the same things where. Why wouldn't you give him a shot? You know, uh, certain teams were garbage. It's okay. Take him. He's do, making some things happen. Why don't you say, you know, OC, let's tailor a little bit more to what he used to do in Florida and let's just take advantage of his strengths because he's already proving that he's winning. He gets the guys to believe that's fine. But there's a circus that comes with him because he's got so much damn attention that I think that hinders people's uh, team's willingness to 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 bring him on and i think colin kaepernick has the same thing good or bad i think it's that extra uh, focus that they're just not looking for i get i guess i guess i don't know i guess it's not like he's uh, he's accused of a crime you know you, when we talk about the extra all the drama that comes with the tebow and kaepernick they're not accused of any crimes like they they've been good citizens they've been great community people mm-hmm. uh, like I, I don't I don't understand yet guys like uh, guys who like Tyreek Hill are welcome back with open arms no problem I like, I don't get it man I just don't get it I don't get it and I I don't think I'll ever get it I think this it pisses me off and I kind of hope the Steelers actually thought about bringing him in uh, last last year or the year before and you know they made it what did they make a mistake bringing in Michael Vick I thought so only because the Steelers brought in Michael, Michael Vick. Uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, oh, he won, he actually won a couple of games. Ben got hurt, and he played four, three or four games in a row, and he went he went two and two. But right about that. Um, the, the city of Pittsburgh lost their marbles because you know clearly of all what he what he was accused of, and you know, I I thought I'm not a judge or jury. I don't know if he's done his time or like yeah, clearly he's done his time. Like I, anyway, I thought Kaepernick would have been a good fit in Pittsburgh. Considering how often Ben gets hurt, you know, they really don't have a backup quarterback. I thought he'd be a good fit. But anyway, I, I haven't even looked at the teams and their backup situation. I just know that he's, he'd be better than half the guys in the league if, if, he, if he latched on. And yeah, Brock, you're right. 
You're right. I, I'm sure he comes with a bit of a circus, and I'm sure teams don't want that focus right now in camp. They're trying to, you know, uh, establish their teams, their rosters, and they don't need the media circus, I guess. I don't know. Does he sell tickets? Anyway, regardless. Yeah, I think straight right? talent-wise, yeah. I think we're in agreement. He's better than, you know, a good chunk of the uh, the backup quarterbacks that are out there. He's proven himself. He's taken a team to the Super Bowl. You know, he hasn't done anything uh, criminally wrong. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, or wrong, period. I mean, Yeah, really. I mean, some people think it's wrong and, uh, you know, stop kneeling during the national anthem and stuff like that. But it's, you know, again, I've always been on the side of, you know, military people say it. They say, we fought for your right to be able to do that. So, you know... How can we complain about your respect to the flag when we fought to protect your right to do exactly what you're doing? You know what, Brock? Al, Al Villanueva, the Steelers' left tackle. Yeah, military. Uh, mil- military. The gold gold star. You know the arm the army award you get for something that you do on duty that saves a life. I mean, he he got one, Purple and he. You know the game against the Bears. They played a road game against the Bears, and everybody stayed in the in the uh, in the tunnel except for him. And he had already he had told his coach, "I'm going out. Like I, I fought for this country. I fought for the flag. I'm going out." They worked it out. Players respected it. Yeah, players you know, respected under- his choice. He respected his their choice. choice. Yeah. He understands you know? what they're doing. It has nothing to do with the fact that they don't love the country or they don't appreciate. Right. It's just a stand against you know um, justice. Against violence against blacks, like that's it has nothing to do with being proud of your country or you know understanding the the right that you're 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 free because people defend the country. Yeah, of course they're not defending that. They're defending the fact that a routine traffic stop could turn into a fucking beating with a baton. <laughs> you know, or worse. Nowadays. And again, this this podcast is taking a turn for the. <laughs> well, that's our show. So is, wow. Um, wow. <sighs> let's talk about Antonio Brown. Yeah, let's, let's get into, all, Antonio let's get to Brown. a spot where everybody agrees this guy is an idiot. So, so Brock, uh, you, you want to read the situation right now? You want to read the headline that's that was released an hour ago on the score? Well, Antonio Brown is threatening to retire if he doesn't get to wear his old helmet. And he's got a lawsuit against the NFL to wear his old helmet. Now, I don't know what brand of helmet. I don't think I saw which one he was talking about. But part of me thinks he's got to Oakland and realize they're not as good a team, so he wants to wear his old Pittsburgh helmet and go back to the Steelers. But <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. Other than that, uh, what is your problem? An anonymous Raider told Michael Silver of the NFL Network he's still freaking out about it. He hasn't been here for a while, and nobody knows where he's at. I'm just reading the the article verbatim. After initial conflicts with Raiders officials over the helmet at OTAs, sources told Silver that Brown eventually accepted a new helmet, but in the following weeks, repainted the old helmet with colors approximating but not mimicking Oakland's design and attempted to wear wear it in practice. He apparently tried to, to wear the repainted helmet again at training camp. The helmet that Brown wore throughout his career in Pittsburgh is one that models a recently outlawed uh, helmet by the NFL because it's no longer certified by the National Operating Committee for Standards and Athletic Equipment. I, I just, I need this whole article needs to be read. Sorry, B. 
In an effort to prevent head injuries, the NFL has spent the last few years increasing helmet safety, forcing players to change models. Tom Brady um, uh, is another veteran who had to change uh, change his helmet to his personal preference, uh, away from his personal preference. <laughs> this is the best part. So he's been, you know, this is the reason why he's been missing from OTAs. It hasn't been because of his feet. It's been because of this helmet dispute. And the last thing I wanted to read was uh, it, Silver also citing a witness. Uh, the witness reported that Brown has been frustrated with his new team. Also, this team is frustrated with him because he's late for meetings and he spends portions of those meetings on his phone, fiddling on Instagram and checking his bank accounts. That's an anonymous player source uh, telling Michael Silver, who's a well-respected uh, analyst from the NFL Network. So, so that guy was sitting behind Antonio Brown in those meetings because he sees what he's doing. Right. Um, <laughs> I want to see pictures of this, like... The, the helmet he painted himself. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> what an idiot. Uh, I, like, uh, you know, the people in Pittsburgh must be just laughing their ass all the way. I mean, they got a third round pick for him. Okay. Not, maybe not the best uh, return, but they, you know, they have drafted Deontay Johnson, who's by all account was having a great camp until he hurt his groin. Um, they don't need this fucking headache in their locker room. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, hell no. And, uh, He's just, uh, he's not there. He's a head case. He's not there. He Mentally, he's got to be out of there. He's checked out, Brock. Like, he, I think be. he's just, he's made his big money. I, I don't know what kind of, what stipulations are in NFL contracts. You probably know more about this than I do. But, like, is he breaching his contract? If he doesn't play? If he ref, if he's, if he says, I'm retiring, they're not, he doesn't get any of that millions of dollars he just signed, right? Uh, no, for the guaranteed stuff, he'd probably have to pay some of that back. Um, in terms of salaries, He's not entitled to it if he's not playing anyway. It's just like if they cut him. Um, but if they cut him, I think he would have kept it. Now, I understand the league with their concussion safety protocols. So they're liable. You know, there's insurance and stuff for the NFL. And if you don't wear that same helmet or those helmets that they deem to be certified, then you can't be protected. Now, can they just say, fine, then here, sign this uh, waiver that says, you know, if anything, if I get any head injury, it's on you. The NFL is not liable for any head injury you have, but I don't know if that opens a can of worms for the NFL or what. Name me, uh, if I asked you, if I told you, Brock, give me one player, one player in the old, in the entire NFL that's the poster child for the NFL right now. Oh, um, like for, for if the, oh. the NFL would want to, like, yeah, Tom Brady, I guess. Tom Brady, you think that? <laughs> do you think that if the NFL didn't let Tom Brady do it, they're going to let Antonio Brown do it? Right. He's fucking nuts if he thinks the NFL is going to give on this. But they, uh, you know, Tom Brady wanted to wear his old helmet for the Super Bowl, and they told him, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." So how? I, I, I mean, I, I don't get like this guy. He was a headache all last year. It was really the first time last year where I really saw how much of a cancer he could be in the locker room, but I didn't want to believe it as a Steeler fan. I just thought, okay, mm-hmm. maybe he's frustrated. He's not getting balls. And as the season went on and went on and the stories were coming out and I'm like, wow, this guy is a real head case. He, he's great talent, but like you're, he's going to rot you from the inside, you know, and it, it, your locker room will just be rotten. And uh, the Raiders have their hands full, man. They're, they're stuck with this guy and on their owner, um, Mark, Mark Davis, Davis, Al Davis's son, called the Oakland A's front office real pricks because they have to share the Oakland Alameda Coliseum. And uh, I guess they were going to play at uh, where San Francisco Giants play, but 
that fell through. So they had to sign another one year lease with the, with this, the stadium and it's a dump, but they're retrofitting it for to just be solely baseball since Oakland's leaving since uh, the Raiders are leaving. So, now my, this Mark Davis is like, look, you're turning this into a baseball only stadium. It, the sight lines are going to be different for our fans. And, and the A's are like, well, fuck you're every year. You're like, I'm playing here. I'm playing there. I'm coming. I'm going. And what do you like? What do you want us to do? We can't wait for you. We, this is our stadium. We're stuck with it. And, uh, you're the ones leaving. So what the fuck is going on in Oakland? Well, it's from the owner down, right? It's, you know, your only your attitude reflects leadership. If I were to quote, remember the Titans, and Mark Good Davis quote. starts from again from the top to the bottom. Look at that dude's haircut and tell me he's got his shit together. <laughs> when I found out he flies, he flies. He's got to fly to find that specific barber to cut his hair. So, oh my god, just, like he's got to have the right size bowl or whatever it is to cut the hair. Anyway. It's absolutely it's atrocious. I can't even take him seriously whatsoever. He's Chris Kringle's uh, uh, Lloyd Christmas, Chris Kringle, Lloyd Christmas. <laughs> Without the chip tooth. Oh. <laughs> anyway, Oakland is a shit show right now. Um, yeah. So, whatever. Fantasy football starts. I'm not taking any Raiders. You know, Antonio what do you think Br- of uh, John Gruden's uh, hard knocks? speech i think he said something to the effect of i'm i'm not looking for dreams i'm looking for nightmares or something like that i I don't know if his uh his whole bravado flies with today's nfl player we're talking 2004 2005 when he last coached the game was different you could still run the ball back then like it's a different era different player that's 14 years ago man I, I don't I know. What do you think uh, of him as a coach as a as a motivator will that stuff still fly the way no. he used to talk to players no i don't think so uh i just think he's been out of the game for too long and and you know it's evident of last year i just don't think i just don't think he has it he doesn't have a grasp of this new player um of how the league is and i just don't think he's going to be very successful where he's where he is i'm i don't know i'm curious to see what happens but I just don't I don't think they're gonna do very well. So anyway, Raiders off the list. No interest yeah, in, in anybody in that, but I want to ask you about uh the uh Indianapolis Colts. Some uh, some serious concern with Andrew Luck. He uh he hurt his calf back in February. He's still unable to practice. Uh, and he hasn't been able to take part in any of uh, any of the OTAs or anything, any part of training camp. He's still f- experiencing a lot of pain in the calf. Now I've pulled my calf muscle, and it's taken a long time for it to get to like eighty percent. So is that a reason for concern for the Colts? Because he, we've we've seen how good or how bad they are uh, without With him. Without him, yeah. Mainly how bad. So is there something to be concerned about if you're a Colts fan? Is that the fact that he hasn't been able to come out in the field yet uh, in five months? No. I'm not. Uh, I'm not overly concerned about it right now. It's a. It's an injury that sucks, but I think they're doing the right things. There's no point of rushing it and having him back. He's a. He is, as smart as they come. So, um, I think they're doing the right things. They just got to make sure that he's as healthy as possible, and he's gonna. He's gonna play like he's a tough kid too. So, they're basically giving him as much time as they possibly can. And when he comes back, I know mentally he's doing the mental reps, all that kind of stuff. 
you know, physically he's got it in terms of throwing. I think he's yeah. going to be fine. They're just there's absolutely no point of rushing him into any of this. Uh, you know, early, there's four preseason games. There's you know how many preseason weeks? Like that's a long time. No, so yeah, that's a month. Rest them. Yeah, rest them. Try and do your best to heal him, but he'll be fine. You don't have any other options anyway. But he's also a tough, smart kid, so he's going to play. I'm a big fan of the Colts. I think they're going to come up. Uh, the Colts and the Bills, I think, this year. I don't think the Colts will surprise anybody because they had a good year last year. But I think the Colts and Bills will will supplant teams like Jacksonville and Tennessee who've kind of snuck into the wild card the last couple of years. I don't see those two teams um, doing anything. I think Nick Foles is in for a, a rude awakening he doesn't have the same old line that he had in, in Philadelphia. So um, good luck in Jacksonville and good luck playing with Jalen Ramsey, who's been an f- absolute nightmare with social media. So um, Kyler good, Murray though. looked good in his debut yesterday. Did you see him? Um, yeah, he only I, was ever four for five for like 44 yards or something like that. But a kid can move. Comfortable. He, I mean, he looked comfortable. The first play I think he got was his feet on the end zone, his own end zone. Uh, took him out, which was great. Uh, there's one play got called back for a receiver in out of bounds and coming back in, but, um, you know, he showed his elusiveness, his quickness and his ability to throw on the run. Um, you know, I think I'm going to be surprised because I never would have taken him first overall anyway, but I think he may surprise guys like myself, um, at least for maybe like the first eight or nine weeks. Um, I think after, People start to see and get more film on them. I think they'll be able to uh, to adjust defensively to contain him a little yeah. bit more. And he's really going to have to be forced to throw from the pocket. And that's where his height is going to come as a disadvantage of seeing downfield. So if they can contain him in that pocket. Now I know they say that about Russell Wilson too. And, you know, he came through it and has done fine. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong. But uh, at least the first little while, I think he's going to surprise some people for sure. You think by the end of the year he looks more like Russell Wilson or Pat Mahomes, or neither? Will he develop his own identity, his own style? Because those are the first two quarterbacks that come to mind. Mahomes has got a cannon, but so does Russell Wilson. But they both can run too. So uh, will he be a hybrid of the two? Will he look more like one or the other, or will he just be have create his own style? I think he's probably going to be more like a like a mini Michael Vick kind of thing where he's going to throw some deep bombs because his legs are going to open up a lot of throws. So I think he's going to be able to be very elusive and run around. And I think at least for the first year, I think he relies on that and he starts to move around where Mahomes, I mean, Russell Wilson is more a veteran guy. So he's able to move around and still he's moving around to create separation for the receivers and open looks same Mahomes you know runs around but he can make a throw that doesn't that shouldn't happen so his cannons there I think um, Murray is going to be running around more northwest north south than east west like those other guys I think he's going to be actually eating up a lot of rushing yards I I think uh, the NFL preseason is 
might, might be the, the the most boring of all the preseasons. I have no desire to watch anything other than maybe the first quarter of a game, just just to see what they, the team looks like, uh, just to see football you players back on the field. You just want to see their uniforms, like, the new uniforms on the field. That's all you want to some, see. Some of the new uniforms, yes. I don't, there aren't a whole lot this year, the Jets. Um, I think the t- the people in Winnipeg, Manitoba feel the same way about it. Uh, they have, you know, the Winnipeg Blue Bomber Stadium seats 33,000 people. And as of Wednesday of this week, they had only sold 8,700 tickets for the preseason game between the Oakland Raiders and the Green Bay Packers. Isn't the cheapest uh, the- ticket like 200 bucks? Yeah. Uh, like the price point's ridiculous for, for Manitobans. And again, 200 bucks to watch fourth string guys who probably won't even make the team. Yeah, you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the field there? Pardon me? You think Aaron Rodgers makes the the field when he's up there? Not likely. It's I don't know what week that falls, third or fourth week, but if he does, it's a series if that. Right. So, I'm I'm not spending 200 bucks to just to go see guys in uniform. I'm like and I'm, you know, Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the best team in the CFL and that's a fun brand of football they're playing right now. They beat the Calgary Stampeders last night. Uh you know, you can get a reasonable ticket for 35, 40 bucks. Yeah. It's, uh, and when I say Rogers probably won't see the field, he will. If they're playing these preseason games in a different country, they're going to, the NFL is going to make sure that uh, barring there's any injury or something like that, they're going to want Rogers on the field for at least a series just yeah. to justify what they're, what they're charging. But there's no incentive for it. Now, we had a discussion on Facebook, I think, or Freddie brought it up, talking about uh, um, the NFL wanting to extend the regular season to 18 games. Um, and that was along the injury. Uh, it was a comment on the injury from uh, Curse, the receiver for Detroit, who broke his leg, gruesomely broke his leg, and is out for the season, maybe his career. Who knows? Now, that happened during a preseason game. Oh. So I don't know how exactly the NFL liability works, but like in the CFL, when I was in Montreal, if I was in a preseason game and I broke my leg, you know, I'm not getting, I'm not even, I don't know if I'm still liable for all the insurance stuff because if I, you're not getting paid your full salary when it's preseason, that starts and is broken up by the regular season games. So you break your leg like that in a preseason game, that sucks. Oh, how brutal. It's how brutal. brutal. I feel extremely sorry for him because that that sucks. We don't need four preseason games. Make it two if you want to add two more games. If they're regular season games, there's still something that says, I broke my leg in a game that meant something. You know, even a regular season game means uh, way more than I broke my leg in a preseason game, especially a guy who's, you know, been around the league and whatever. I don't know. It uh, he was a big signing for them. He was he yeah. was going to be a weapon for them. You know they uh, they lost Golden Tate towards the end of last year, and, and that was going to be a guy that they would have relied on for for receptions. Now they got to go out and they're they're a lot like the New York Giants right now. They're hurting. For, their receiving core is decimated in New York. So uh, you know that that hurts uh, a Lions team that's looking to like change their fortunes, just like the Browns. You know it's uh, there's only four teams in the NFL who've uh, uh, haven't won a Super Bowl. You know who those are? Uh, well, my guess Just is gave the <laughs> Detroit Lions. Yes, the yes. Cleveland Browns. Yes. Buffalo Bills. 
Uh, no. The Buffalo Bills have won a Super Bowl? Haven't been to a Super Bowl. Uh, oh, no, haven't, haven't been a to a yeah, Super Bowl. They must have won a bit. They must have won one. There's only four teams that have not won a Super Bowl. Have not won or have not been to a Super Bowl? One, because two of okay. the team. Hang on. Let me look this up. Make sure I'm uh, all right. Let's go to break. <laughs> I'll come back with that. But I'm on my break. I'm sure it's haven't won. They must have won one back when it was the AFL or whatever. Oh, that wouldn't be the Super Bowl, though. Teams that haven't. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, okay, I got I got it here. Yeah, let's go back. Yeah. Okay, we're back. Pierre has confirmed what the question he was trying to pose, <laughs> trying to stump me. So, <laughs> teams that haven't won a Super Bowl, there are more than four teams, sorry. Um, you named off a couple. You want to keep going? All right, so I got Cleveland, Detroit, Buffalo, San Diego, or L.A. Chargers. Uh, the Cardinals, um, uh, the, the Titan, Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Um, the, I go by division. You've, uh, you've named off all of them except for two. All of them except for two. For th- all of them except for three. Sorry. AFC Miami North. Miami Dolphins. Pardon? Miami. De- oh, no. The Dolphins have one. Never mind. I keep thinking Marino didn't do anything. Uh, yeah, sorry. When I say when I say pardon listeners, it's just because Brock and I, when we talk at the same time, his his voice goes a little quiet. So it's uh, it. <laughs> that's why I'm saying pardon, in case you're wondering. Um, so, yes, go ahead. Sorry. AFC North, Brock. Uh, well, uh. Where do you have the Bills? North. That's, uh, that's Pittsburgh's division. Yeah. So, uh, what's it? Ravens, Steelers, Browns, and who's the fourth one? Chiefs? That's who day? Who day? Who day? What? The Saints? <laughs> no. No. That's their thing, who day? Oh, is it? No. I, no, I think it's this. These guys used it too. Drawn a blank. Cincinnati Bengals. Oh God, they use that too. Uh, they, I think they were doing the who day when uh, when Pittsburgh in two thousand five, and then they end up oh. losing. All right, um, Bengals. Did I miss anybody? Yeah, uh, yeah, Atlanta Falcons. Oh uh, yeah. And Minnesota Vikings. All right, I'd have got never won one. But, but there are four teams that have never been to a Super Bowl. Never been to a Super Bowl. Which are the Browns, the Lions. Yes. yes. Vikings? Nope. You got there. Uh, Bengals I've seen lose. The Chargers I've seen lose. Uh, the Bills I've seen lose many times. Two, yeah, two expansion teams, I'd say, uh, might be uh, the best, only hint I can give you. And Tennessee? No, they, they, they made a Super Bowl. Greatest show on turf. Oh. That's right. Uh, I don't know. Jaguars and Texans. Jaguars. Texans. 
Yeah, so we got two old teams, two old so rosters, and two relatively new, one? or the newest, I'd say. So, yeah, interesting. So, that is, right. uh, you had, uh, before we wrap up the NFL, did you have anything else you want to talk about? I know you want, you want to mention running backs and holdouts, but we can brush up, we can just sort of touch upon that if you want. Yeah, so Melvin Gordon is still holding out. Um, you know, Philip Rivers had made some comments, basically... Uh, making it awkward if Melvin Gordon ever does come back. He's like, we got guys, you know, basically we're not losing any sweat over this. So I know since Philip Rivers' comments, um, Melvin Gordon's agent has asked the Chargers for a trade. Um, as of today, there has no been trade offers. There was rumors he was going to go, uh, the Texans were going to try and get him when they released uh, Deontay Freeman. But uh, they ended up picking up, uh, trading for... Uh, Duke, Duke Johnson. Johnson from Cleveland. Anyway, so Melvin Gordon is still a holdout. Ezekiel Jones, uh, Ezekiel Elliott is still a holdout because Jerry Jones has been quoted saying, "We don't need a rushing champion to win the Super Bowl." Um, so I, you know, I have in my notes here. I have are the owners colluding in terms of you know, holdouts and making sure nobody, um, nobody bites too fast or pays too much money or they're trying to wait out those athletes. I think it's a dangerous game for these guys with the holdouts. Uh, I think, you know, the running back position is such a short-term career for a lot of them. They're great players, don't get me wrong, but there's always somebody behind you. So I think now in today's day and age, I think it's it's really hard to hold out and um, try and play like you're irreplaceable because I think everybody's replaceable. The, the the best thing that could have happened to running backs last year was Damian Williams shit in the bed in uh, Kansas City. The problem is he didn't shit the bed. He came in and they they kept rolling when Kareem Hunt went down. So, you know, that... Um, and James Conner, let's be honest. And James Conner. James Conner comes Connor, in and the Steelers... Uh, you know, aside from a couple of uh, key drops... You know, and his, he was, this whole passing game business for him is all brand new. Like he was a flat out runner at Pitt. Um, but he's proven that, you know, character guy, good wheels, good toughness. You know, they didn't miss a beat too much last year. Um, yeah. So I, I like a good solid running back. I like guys who can make guys miss. I like guys who can chew up the clock, keep the defense on the field. Um, I'm still not sold on the plug and play philosophy of running backs. I still think that there's studs who can play long, long careers and do it for a long time. Like look at uh, John Riggins is the best example, bruising running back. And by the end of his career, he could, he still had a couple of years left in him, but um, I like it. I like how you're bringing in uh, relevant examples. John Riggins (laughs) 40 years ago, John Riggins, the diesel, Remember that? Uh, that no, no, okay. So I'll never. I'm so sorry. No, I don't. I, think, I, I feel like that is now going to be a clip. That is going to be a soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably start the next episode of uh, the UC with that. With that, that's Me a very, a very high uh, possibility. <laughs> I think you know whatever. Maybe you don't believe in the plug and play, but I truly believe that there's for so backs. many. Yeah, for running backs, there's so many good athletes out there that the difference between Ezekiel Elliott and the guy behind him or the guy that's being drafted next, I mean, Saquon Barkley was the next guy at some point. Those guys are coming up. They're bigger. They're stronger. They just keep getting bigger and stronger. It's about the system, and it's about the offensive line. And Ezekiel has a phenomenal system, a phenomenal offensive line in front of him in Dallas that 
you could basically plug and play, I think. Anyway, that's my my uh, my take on it. Hey, now, they re-signed Alfred Morris, and this kid, uh, they've got, I think he was, um, didn't play a ton in college because he was behind another running back. I think his name last name is Pollard. Um, they're really excited about him in Dallas. So, hey, you know, it, it, by the looks of things, this isn't going away. So if they want to hold out and lose, lose out on 17, 18, 20 mil, like, like Le'Veon Bell did Le'Veon Bell did himself no favors. Pittsburgh offered him the same amount of money uh, for a longer term. And he, and he turned it down uh, just to get a million or two more with the jets. Uh, You know, you got to use your head kid. And uh, you know, these, some of these guys, their, their handlers or their agents, I don't know what kind of uh, consult they're getting, but, they, you know, it's going to end up biting them in the butt. It, it bit, look, it bit Levy on Bell. He might not admit that uh, he was in a great situation in Pittsburgh. Great. Top five NFL, top five NFL offensive line. Um, yeah. You know, a team that was committed to the run, a cold weather team that will run when the, when the weather sucks. Uh, yeah. You got good hands. He was catching 60 balls a year. What more did you want, bud? Now you got to go play with a second-year quarterback who's unproven, an offensive line that's been put together. They look pretty good in New York, but, I mean, they did nothing last year. And uh, a a new coach, a new uh, offensive coach, a new head coach. Hey, man, you asked for it. You got your money. Good luck. Yep. Um, So There's other things other than money that you got to look at, or at least I would consider in terms of when you're signing. Uh, But... Whatever. It is what it is. I think he'll regret that sooner than later. But, uh, you know, the Steelers are moving on without him. I really am excited for James Conner's you know, uh, chance he's been given, and hopefully he uh, he keeps doing well. Um, I think he's a real good feel-good story. And I think, uh, you know, we've been going on for a little while, a little unorganized today and getting into the political stuff. Um, but... Uh, finishing on a couple of real bright spots for the first week of the uh, preseason. Uh, story of a uh, player from the Cleveland Browns, Sheehy <laughs> Giuseppe. Now, whether or not that's pronounced right is, you know, separate from the actual story. Uh, but for those who don't know, this is a kid who was basically homeless, living out of his car, uh, training his butt off to try and make the NFL. So he hadn't uh, played in a long time. He was a receiver and he, uh, he drove his house to a Browns tryout, somehow finagled his way in by saying that he (laughs) knew personally the VP of the Cleveland Browns, which got him in the door, got him on the field. And then he ran a sub four, four 40, which sparked a lot of interest, got himself. Barefoot. Wasn't it barefoot too? Was it barefoot? Did that. Oh, I the did, legend was, continues. Well, without shoes, I think he did that. That was what I read anyways. Oh, the legend continues. But yeah. uh, whatever, it got him onto the, uh, the training camp roster. And in his first game against the Washington Redskins, he returned a uh, punt for a uh, touchdown. And the whole team, the whole Cleveland Browns, I think, came off the sidelines and celebrated with him in the end zone. I mean, how, how is this not going to be a movie at some point? It's got to. I mean, I'm, I, everybody's following this kid. I hope he makes the, the 52-man roster. He hit those holes on his return um, without any hesitation. So he's got that fearless 
returner attitude. I think you, you hopefully he makes it. I hope he makes it. And then yeah, it'll be uh it'll be on the big screen soon enough. He went to the CFL um to try out, paid his hundred dollar fee. He said there were about a hundred other players that did it. And then after and he and he said he had a really good a uh, tryout, like he, you know, made some catches and he returned some punts and was the coaches were impressed with him. And at the end of the tryout the coach said, uh, thanks for coming out. Uh, we don't usually take anybody from tr- these tryouts. So thank you. And he said, well, why the, like, why the hell did you have me? Or, and these other guys, like we paid our fee where I'm, I'm living on food stamps and like, why'd you it cost yeah. me a hundred bucks? Why'd you have me? You know, I had to get my aunt to, to, you know, wire me some money to pay just to pay for this. So it was really interesting. He didn't name off the, the he refused to tell, uh, the interviewer who the uh, team was. But uh, pretty greasy if you have no intention of keeping any of these guys um, to just bring them out and collect their hundred bucks and say thanks for coming out. But we're, our roster's full. That's what that's what he was told. Um, yeah. Um, I well, I actually I went up with a kid, a, a kid, a guy that I played Colgate with. He was a senior at the time. He was going up for the Argonauts one, and I remember going up with him because I knew the area, and I was like, all right, we'll take the ride up. And uh, I mean, there was a mishmash of from anywhere from guys who were, uh, you know, D1 players to a guy who weighed 95 pounds, wore glasses, had a mullet, and wore Zubaz pants. And you say, okay, well, there's, <laughs> a, pretty, up. there's a big mishmash of, uh, of players there, but I don't even know pretty who wild. they took or how many they took, but I don't think they uh, they uh, they really hoped for anything. Anyway. Some, some people missed the boat with this kid. Anyway, I wish him all the best, even if he's in Cleveland. Uh, I oh, wish yeah. him all the best. And I think that would uh, should wrap up our NFL talk, Brock. Uh, we've got a couple more topics, but we could probably just sort of bullet point them and uh, do some rapid fire. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back with one more segment. Yeah, sure. We can come back with a quick one. I'll just go out on the last one is that uh, Christian Wade, the British rugby player, Came over, the Bills signed him. He was quite the rugby player. Bills signed him. The running back? Took his first handoff, 65 yards for a touchdown in the preseason game. I saw that last night, and the Bills are my sleeper team. I think the Bills and the Colts are going to make some noise this year, folks. And I know Bills fans, you've been, you got a little taste of the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor a couple years ago, and, uh, you know, they'd ran into a buzzsaw in uh, in Jacksonville. But I think I'd like this Allen kid. Uh, I like what's going on in Buffalo. Anyway. All right. We'll be right back, and we'll uh, wrap it up with another couple headlines. But I'm on my break. And we're back. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of stuff today, primarily NFL and a little bit of political and a little bit of social uh, current events. But uh, we're going to round out this edition of the UC with uh, a question I posed Brock a couple days ago. And, uh, you know, L.A., is obviously the one of the biggest cities in in uh, North America, certainly in the United States. Um, ask Brock out of all the LA teams, and there's a number of them. In some in some sports, there are two teams that represent LA. Uh, which LA team will be the first to win a title? Uh, and I'll, again, we can go through in basketball. We're looking at the Lakers and Clippers. In baseball, we've got the Dodgers and Angels. In hockey, we've got the Kings. And in football, we have the Rams and the Chargers. So out of those, uh, I think I count seven off the top of my head, seven teams. Which one of those seven teams will be the first to win a title? 
moving forward, obviously, because a couple of them have won titles. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. From now, like moving forward, which one of those teams, the way they're constructed, I think the A's and Kings might be Angels and Kings might be sort of, uh, you know, not quite there yet in terms of championship caliber teams. But every other team I've named off from L.A. is certainly in contention. Well, for clarity for the audience, uh, you had, I believe, give me a bit of a heads up on it. And the question was, which L.A. team will win their first championship? And it was like the Chargers, the Clippers, or the Dodgers. I uh, know, because the Dodgers won already. But anyway. Um, the, the, the question should have, sorry, I should have posed it as, which L.A. team will be the first to win a championship? Um. That's not an easy question to answer. I think the uh, I think the Rams are fairly poised to uh, make a good push. You know, I think the Clippers are interesting. I want to see how they do, but I don't. Uh, whatever. I hope they don't win right away. Anyway, I'm gonna go. I think the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers any, have if, been there a couple if, times recently. And they, and they, they have won a championship in '88. But in terms of like who's going to be the first team at in all these LA teams to win a championship, it just even just by schedule, the World Series will happen before the next NBA title. And I actually think the Dodgers are the favorite to win this year in the in the majors. Maybe the Astros might put up a fight, but the Dodgers are rolling, man. They got pitching, they've got hitting, they got power, they got speed, they got coaching. So I think the Dodgers end up being the first team to win a title. And I, you know, you named off the Rams and the Chargers. I don't see the Chargers. I think Philip no, Rivers no, I is didn't just say, on these now. I didn't say the Chargers are going to win. Don't get me wrong. I did not the say the Chargers are going to win. The Rams are in a position to contend right away. Obviously, they were just there last year. I think their defense yeah. is still phenomenal. I think... Um, I think they make a real good push this year. If their yeah. O-line stays healthy... I know they're a bit older, but I think they're only stays healthy. And I think Todd Gurley, you know, has a much better season than last year. And, you know, this may be one of his last seasons. So I think they make a real good push this year. Yeah. yeah hard, to, hard to debate that. You know, and I, I do, again, the Dodgers could just win this that list by default because their World Series is series sooner is than every, every other championship coming up. But uh, I, I look, guys, in the NBA, if we're talking about LA teams, the NBA, I think, People are sleeping on the Lakers, uh, which is, which is, I mean, it's hard to actually think anyone would sleep on the Lakers with a team that has Antonio, Antonio, geez, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Um, I know the Clippers have made a splash with, uh, you know, re-signing Beverly and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But look, Paul George, to me, is a very nice compliment. I don't think he's even Pascal Siakam at this point, though, so... I think the Lakers are going to make some noise and uh, a come trade deadline when there's a couple of a uh, couple of teams that are sellers, you know, watch the Lakers improve their team before the trade deadline next year and, and really go for it because they know LeBron only has a couple more years left. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, we're, we're off the question. I think the, the Dodgers for me are the first team to win a championship in LA uh, out of all those LA team, current LA teams. And I don't think the Kings are even a con- contender right now. In the NHL, they they're rebuilding. Yeah, I know the NHL. Those guys aren't even on the radar. Uh, no, I got the Rams. I think uh, the Dodgers are good, but I think there's a couple other teams that have made some moves that really kind of puts them in in uh, position to keep the Dodgers from winning. So, namely, 
Houston Astros. Houston Astros, man. Oh, but goodness. Zach Granke, if they convert Sanchez into a stud, which he, he, he may be, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, that starting staff is money, and that's what you need in playoffs, and mm-hmm. they can hit the cover off the ball. So, yeah, I'd have to give the Astros the nod over any team in the NL. You know a team that's making a nice run in the NL right now, in the AL, sorry, is um, the Cleveland Indians. They've uh, Very good. They're th- they were 13 games back in Minnesota. And they're now a half game back and are about to sweep the series against them. And they've picked up Yesiel Puig at the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, I, uh, he's a, he's a monster, but he's a hell of a player. And, uh, they're going, they're going for it. Terry Francona for me is the best manager in all of baseball hands down. I, I, hey, I can't argue with that. He's, uh, he's up there. If not, uh, the top and, you know, it's evident in just the way he handles situations, just like when uh was it Brett Bauer or whatever threw that ball in the thing and oh, they, they show him come out to the thing and he gave that like like you could read his lips. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was, it was fantastic. And Bauer's gone, right? That's who they traded for Puig. So it's yeah. uh interesting deal. And uh you know, that's a hey, any way you slice it, that's a small market. And uh he's doing a lot. They've lost a few players, but they're uh Man, they're they're in it, and that's a fun team to watch. I like that. I like that team. They can hit. Well, that'll probably be one of the teams that I uh, get on when it comes to the playoff time, and the Jays are out, and guys are making the run. They'll be kind of the underdogs, I think, for a lot of it. So we'll see what happens. So I say Dodgers will win it this year, just because I ju- I just think they've got all the all the pieces. And you say Rams? Yeah. Interesting. Lastly, bigger loss to their team. And I know this might sound crazy because, you know, uh, one of these teams is still going to be elite, but they're going to be really hurt. But who's suffered the most out of losing uh, their star player? The Warriors losing Durant or the Raptors losing Leonard? Uh, I honestly think this is a no-brainer in terms of the Raptors losing Leonard. I think both teams do fairly well, but the Warriors, they had won without him. You know, like they, they've proven that they could win and be a championship team without Kevin Durant. So they were just that much better with him. Once he's out, they're back to still a championship caliber team. The Raptors had never made that jump before until they had Leonard. They were there. They were floating by, you know, East finals and stuff, but they never made that jump to the finals. He took them there. Without him, they're back down to that floating you know, hopefully the East is weak and we can get into the playoffs and you know make a bit of a fight. But they're not a championship team without Leonard, where Golden State is. Interesting. I think I think if we polled a hundred people, seventy five would agree with you. The other twenty wouldn't know what they're talking about, and then five of them would be like me, and I'd say, I think losing Durant is going to kill the Golden State Warriors. And part of it is Steph Curry's a year older. Clay Thompson won't be back before the All-Star break. Draymond Green has never been a 20-point scorer. We saw that in the playoffs last year. He tried to be in it, and he got completely off his game, and it tires him. You know, he got tired a lot quicker last year. So they they just signed Draymond to four years, $100 million or something stupid, in the hopes that he can... Uh, be a scorer because they're not going to have Thompson for at least six months. 
losing Durant, if, if the Durant was on the Warriors last year, I have no doubt in my mind that the Warriors win that title. I, an 80% Durant would have put them over the, uh, over the top. And that's assuming Thompson hadn't gotten hurt and all that stuff, right? I'm, if they had Thompson, Durant, and Curry and Green, they win the title. And you mentioned that they won a title before Durant got there. They absolutely did, but Curry was a couple of years younger. Thompson was a couple of years younger. They had a really, really strong bench. David West, Iguodala was younger. Sean Livingston was younger. They had guys coming off the bench that could score. Their bench is not as good. They've lost DeMarcus Cousins. They've lost... Our, our boy Cook that we were we were razzing on, who's now a LA Laker. Uh, they lost Iguodala. I mean, this is they're they're going to struggle this year. They picked up D'Angelo Russell. Uh, everybody, calm down on D'Angelo Russell. He plays no defense. Uh, he had a good year in New Jersey, but fuck, you and I could have had a good year in New Jersey. Had nobody, so there's no pressure. You're going to score. Of course, you're going to score twenty. No one else can score. So, I think when it's all said and done. The Raptors have a lot more depth, organizational depth to withstand at least losing Leonard, whereas the Warriors have nobody. They have veterans coming off their bench. You can't, they have no future. If they lose any of their big studs, they're done. Where the Raptors can lose and have these young guys, Van Vliet and the guys, Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Some of these guys they picked up in free agency, the fucking Messiah Ujiri's a wizard. Are they going to win the title this year, Brock? I, no, I don't think they're going to make it to the finals with the with what's uh, what teams have done. I think the Bucks are certainly the team to beat in the East. But man, they're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to they're going to cause teams fits with their defense. They may have to just reinvent themselves. But I'm excited for the Raptors. I, I know it sounds crazy, but we'll see what happens. Well, okay, I can respect that uh, that opinion. Now, your explanation as to why involved the Warriors losing a lot of other guys on top of Durant. So if you want to say if, you know, is it losing Kawhi Leonard or losing eight of your key players, then yeah, I probably would have went that way too. Um, But I do get your point and what you're trying to say. Um, But uh, yeah, that's uh, just a little asterisk there as to how you justified it by losing everybody else. And listen, folks, we Brock and I rarely disagree. We rarely are unsportsmanlike, which is the ironic. But um, yeah, I'll. Uh, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. I think Durant losing Durant's going to really. They're going to suffer this year, and I hope they suffer. I can't stand watching them anymore. I'm done with the Warriors' style of play, and oh, they God, fucking yeah. ruined basketball for me. I'm glad they re-signed uh, Draymond though, just so I can continue to hate them. Because <laughs> he's the worst. He really is the worst. Is that face? Ugh. But he's a great, great player. Great, great four-tool player. You know, rebound, pass, shoot, defend. What more do you want? Yeah. In the shutout. But, but anyway, he, I, he, listen. Had he had he coddled Durant a little bit more, he maybe Durant would have stuck around. But those right? two were uh, did not get along. So anyway, right. that is all I had on my list today, Brock. I don't know what your list looks like, but I'm going to save my Jays talk. I'm super excited for the Jays, by the way. Uh, I'm going to save that talk for maybe the next time maybe we can get Mike on with us. Uh, yeah, we got to we, we got to dedicate an episode to uh, to that again. We can go. We end up going way too far in, but uh, we covered a lot of stuff. It was nice to get it back on again this week. We always have so many things going on, and um, yeah, that's all I got for uh, for this week. All right, man. So we are going out to this song came on when I was in the car the other day. 
and it reminded me of my football days. Oh, Guns N' Roses. I just played this song on a jukebox last night at a pub after our softball game, and my friend Nola Fogelin might appreciate this. So, <laughs> Good timing then. Oh, oh, Mr. Yeah. Brownstone. Until next week. Always a pleasure, pal. <laughs>